Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. This is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, as always. Kyle, how's it going? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good personally. Doing good personally. So, your Celtics just went up 3-2 on my heat. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I feel like feel like you got to... How do I feel about that? I mean, I feel good. I feel good, obviously. I mean, the series has been a rock fight. I, I, I'm more interested in how you feel, given your given your predictions of the series. Because, I mean, the Heat, the Heat and the Celtics, but especially the Heat, have struggled to score these last two games specifically. Like, this, this series has been, it looks like it's straight out of 2004. It, it really does. does. But, I mean, I don't know. The Heat looked defeated. The Heat looked defeated after last night. They look like they they know they can't go back and beat Boston in Boston. Um, but right. you know, this is about this is about what I expected. But I'll let you I'll let you talk about how you feel regarding uh, how this series looks. You know, especially with this late series. Um, I this is mostly what I was expecting. I mean, I expected I had the Heat in seven, so I expected Boston to get three games. I thought it would be. Heat Boston Heat in game seven, but you know, my prediction's still alive. But how I'm feeling about the series not great knowing that Jimmy Butler over his last nine quarters or ten quarters has uh put up nine points on average with 25% from the floor. Uh, he has not looked the same since going out again with that knee from the second half. Like he just he didn't look even right in that first half, but like in the second half when he didn't he he hasn't looked right. Obviously, having Tyler, no Tyler Hero hurts a lot because or he had zero last night. Yeah, we'll get to him. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to Kyle Lowry. Actually, a little funny point as I'm thinking about it now. My friend from work, Daniel Reed, we got a, a Kyle Lowry jersey returned maybe a month, month and a half ago. He sent a video to the group chat that we're in and uh, put the gar- put the um, jersey in the garbage can. <laughs> so that was actually kind of funny. Just goes over. Fore- what? I said that was definitely some foreshadowing right there. He, he was. <sighs> that was funny, but um, yeah, no, Jimmy Butler hasn't looked the same at all. And when you go from averaging twenty nine points a game and being arguably the best player in these playoffs, as ha- as of how you're playing, not of your status. But as you're playing on par with anybody, Luca, Jason Tatum, Steph, Giannis, when he was in the playoffs, to now doing that, and plus you take out the sixth man of the year who, even though he was struggling offensively, he was still getting open good looks for people. So he was still creating shots. And you take out your two best offensive players, and this is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm giving credit to Boston's defense, too, because Boston is the best defensive team in the league, if you want to argue that, whatever. But, like, they're up there as a top defensive team in the league, clearly. So they're, they're definitely executing their game plan. Max Struess going 0 of 16 over the last two games from three. Kyle Lowry putting up as many points as I, ha- I am. Like, those things aren't going to help you either. So... The lack of generating offense without Tyler Hero and seemingly without Jimmy Butler over the last few games has been really the downfall, and it's not looking good for game six. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much gone to an extreme version of what I thought it was going to be, which is a physical, uh, you know, just rough series. Mm-hmm. Like, these teams are so physical, and especially the Heat. Like, the Heat have to ugly it up because, I mean, they don't really have... They've got top-end talent, but their team's not talented in general from top to bottom. You know what I mean? They're, they they're have really workers. They, they, and I, that was the thing with the Celtics. I thought they could outwork the Celtics. Not that the Celtics don't work hard, because they clearly do, because that's the thing that's beautiful about the Celtics, is they have, the Celtics, they have top-end talent Celtics. that works hard. Yeah, yeah. thing with the Celtics is they, they're just as physical. No, I would say the Heat are a little more physical, but the, the Celtics play a physical brand of basketball, especially with the you know, the size they have, which you really saw last night. There was a possession in the fourth quarter where they came up with three or four offensive rebounds in a row when the Heat really needed a board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, you know, the size of our wings compared to the size of the Heat wings. You know, in moments like that, it matters, I guess. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, for sure. It's an, ex- it's an extreme version of what I thought it was going to be. I did not expect there to be moments where, you know, the Celtics – and the Heat, I think at one, you know, I think the Celtics in Game Three had single-digit points like halfway through the third quarter, or sorry, first quarter. Same with the Miami Heat in their first quarter in Game Four, where they had one point, I believe. I don't know, shit, it was five or six minutes into the first quarter. Uh, and then that third quarter of Game One, Boston didn't have a field goal until five minutes left into the quarter. Yeah, there's so many, so many long stretches where it's just like deep, dominant defensively. Um, it's hard to watch. It really is. Like I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's a switch up from, from the norm. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, phys- the playoffs in general have been pretty physical. Have been really physical. I should say actually, and I, I, I commend the refs for that. I actually like that. Uh, the refs are terrible when it comes to calling flagrants. Uh, I hate, I hate their replay reviews. I hate all that. But as far as how they're calling the games, you know. I enjoy it. And it usually does get more physical as the playoffs go on. They usually let more go a lot. But, man, like, even the Mavericks. Like, I remember the Mavericks-Warriors in game two, which was a great game. The Warriors had that comeback. Uh, The Mavericks were just doing whatever they wanted with the Warriors defensively as far as just, like, you know, anytime a cutter came through, they were bumping them. Uh, You know, and the Warriors are a finesse team. So, you know, it took them out of their game a little bit. And, you know, the refs really let them get away with it. You compare that to the Celtics and Heat, where that's their brand of basketball. There's bodies on the floor, if not every play, every other play. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times where someone's running through the cut after they pass, someone bumps them, and then they're bumping into the next player. Mm-hmm. And it's three players down. Same thing on rebounds. But it's enjoyable. It really does seem like it's out of the early 2000s or late 90s or something. But, yeah, I think it's over. Um, you know, between the Celtics, like I said, we locked up. We're locking up Jimmy Butler. Obviously, the injury has you know some effect to it, but everyone's banged up. Everyone on all four teams is banged up right now. Oh yeah, um, I'm, I'm not trying to make it seem like the injury is the only thing, but you could just tell Jimmy's been a different player since the injury, and especially when you have a team like Boston who can lock you up, you need to be at whatever peak percentage you can be to combat that because if you're not at that and you're a half a step slower that means Grant Williams, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford if need be, Marcus Smart can go and just eat you up. So, yeah, which is which is why I didn't really fear the heat this series was, you know, we just have more players and 
were you know were very similar. I have so much respect for the Heat though. Like they're one player away. They're absolutely mm-hmm. one player away. Like if they get an impact wing, it's dangerous for them. I mean, John Williams he made a good good comparison for PJ Tucker, which I surprisingly haven't really heard. Which is Bruce Bowen, which is true because they just that both kind true. of uh, they both they're both hot spots is the corner on offense. You know they they he sit right. in the corner. He reminds me I mean, of Williams too. What's up? I said they remind like PJ Tucker is like Grant Williams. They're like the same guy to me. Like yeah, they, he's a more he's a more physical he's a more physical Grant Williams, and Grant yeah. Williams shockingly has more off the dribble to his game, which has mm-hmm. come along here, which I'm not I was not expecting at all. He'll he'll sometimes jab set dunk you, which is which is crazy. Yeah, pull out a euro here and there, but uh, no, nah, I like the way that he used PJ Tucker. He gets a little more movement. He doesn't just stand in the corner like he does in Houston. You know, they set him for use him for screens and all that. But I don't know. I really like this Heat team. They're a player away. I'm really interested to see what they do next year. I mean, who knows the way these playoffs have gone and the way the series has gone. They could win. I don't see it. They look defeated. They look like they knew they couldn't beat Boston next game, especially going home. Um, and another thing that contributes to all this, I mean, these, these playoffs have been unpredictable. They've been good. They haven't been great. No. Uh, there's been a lot of good games. I expect... I expect the finals to be better. I expect tonight's game with the Mavericks and Warriors to be really good. Actually, we'll talk about that in a sec. But I hope so. But I mean, the schedule differ. I don't know if you've noticed this. The schedule differed in the conference finals compared to everywhere else, like in the, in the playoffs. You yeah, know, normally would, you get a two-day yeah, break at one point, like after game two. Yeah, usually they're throwing an extra day there for a travel. They they've been going every other night mm-hmm. both the conference finals. So that definitely. You know, especially in the Celtics Heat series where these guys are killing each other, uh, you know, that definitely plays a part. And you can see it. The Celtics, mind you, they look tired too. Like, I just, you know, they just have more talent and they're able to pull away a little more. And, but, uh, and that works for, like, it doesn't help with injuries because, say, someone like Tyler Hero, instead of getting that two day break, he only gets the one. So, like, any, and if you do it for an extended period of time, you may be missing up to 48 hours of actual rest time, which you could go from not being able to play to being able to play. So that kind of affects that too a little bit. But at the same time, it's really game six is going to be can Jimmy Butler from games one and two show up and or really more so game one, obviously, when he had 41. But can that Jimmy Butler show up and can somebody else other than Victor Oladip, I need Bam to play like he did in game three. And then the Heat, the Heat have a, the capability of pulling the game out. It's just going to be a very, very tough task to go do, yeah. especially with how their offense is looking right now. They need to shoot the ball well from three, which they had been, and then they just need Bam to actually play aggressive, and hopefully the real Jimmy Butler can stand up. And I think that's it. Jimmy Butler doesn't necessarily need to play well for them to win. He just needs to... He's to be a little more impactful. I mean, they've proved they can win without him. You know yeah, what I, mean? He, I mean, they got to be. There's been moments in the series where Tatum and Jalen Brown, especially, just can't dribble or just straight up careless with the ball, and they, you know, they're they're dogging them up the court. Mm-hmm. They need to go back to that. I mean, that's probably the blueprint. Uh, take away Boston's threes because you know Boston does a great job of moving the ball, and they have so many options on perimeter. They can get open threes seemingly whenever they want. It seems like yeah, but they. They can make it uncomfortable for Boston while also making threes. They got snipers of their own. Um, you know, 
they can make it interesting. Oladipo needs to see more than 15 minutes. I don't like the way he's been playing defense when he's been on Jalen Brown has actually been very good. He needs to see more than 15 minutes. He needs to play 30 plus this next game. Like and honestly, and if honestly, Kyle Lowry has not looked great at all. If Kyle Lowry needs to get yanked, then yank Kyle Lowry. Just like sit him down. His ham, he's probably came back a little early from his hamstring because it's the playoffs. Just sit him down and let Oladipo play on play defense and create for the offense because he's going to be doing more than what Kyle Lowry's been doing. Yeah, he's got to do more than zero points. It was one <laughs> rebound or one assist. I don't know. He had exactly one stat on the stat line. So uh, he's got to do more than that. They were expecting more. And, you know, if they can get anything from him, some sort of physicality, some sort of leadership, something in game six, you know, maybe they have a chance. But, I don't know, it's obviously not looking great. We'll see. And going on to game five tonight, Golden State back home, up 3-1. What do you think tonight's game goes? How do you think it goes, rather? I think it's going to be a close game. Um, mm-hmm. it's, been a, it's been a really weird series. It's one, I mean, look, we are both teams, right? Warriors and Celtics, they're each one game away from making the finals, right? If they yeah. win. They each win. I still, like, I still have no idea. I can tell you who the favorite is. Like, there's no team... I got no idea what's going to happen game to game. Uh, you know, Mavericks and Warriors, I expected it to be a long series. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Golden State won in five, which is, you know, the, the situation that we have tonight, They're right? set up, too. Uh, I did not expect them to get up 3-0. I no. feel like it's been a really competitive series, aside from game one, really. Um, Jason Kidd came out, like, they asked him what his confidence was going into game five. And he said he feels great because... Golden State has to play him on his own because they refuse to play him man to man because they can't guard him man to man. Like he he went straight at their weakness like that, which you know that's a lot of confidence coming from a coach that's down three one. Um, which you know Luca does. He just provides so many matchup problems. It you know it affects everyone else down the line. It makes a domino effect, and uh, you know they just he provides so many open threes for them that they're in any game. You know, it's really like that old, like, James Harden kind of Houston Rockets style that used to, you know, let them compete with, uh, with the Warriors who had much more talent. Yeah. Um, on the Warriors side, I mean, they're just, they're just so wildly inconsistent. It's, I don't, it's so weird. Like, I just, I just keep going back to the same point. If the Warriors somehow win this year, it's going to suck for the rest of the league because... Wiseman comes back next year. Clay has another year of getting actually back under his belt. You've got more rookies to develop. They're going to be a more cohesive, better version of what they are this year, and they already won it. Basically, something like that. I don't have any expectations or anything for James Wiseman. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on that spot next year. But um, but and some someone does because he's still obviously – a number he was a number one projected overall pick. He went to so like he's and he's obviously only in his second year and when he's played he's shown um spots of actually having a jump shot, being able to run the floor and defend the rim. So regardless if Wiseman comes back to that team or not, they can definitely get something for him. A piece to help them now in the now. Yeah, possibly. I mean I can't 
It, it's so hard to forecast that. I mean, it, he really feels like a, a Markel full situation, minus like how bizarre that situation was. But you just got they've gotten so little games out of him. But he does have, like you said, top end talent, so they should get something. I just don't. I'm just not sure what that's something. Oh is. yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to predict exactly what they would get. I'm just saying that Wiseman is young enough and good enough, and what he has played, he has shown that he can actually play on a floor. He's shown enough to where some team would take a chance on him, so they would be able to get a piece to help them for him. What that piece is, I have no idea, but they'd be able right. to get something I heard, if they moved I heard, him. I already, I already. But uh, anyway, moving, moving forward to the the rest of the Warriors. Like just the way Clay is like not consistent at all. Like this mm-hmm. is exactly my worry for him. Draymond doesn't want to shoot at all, but gives you everything else. He tries to get ejected. He tries to get ejected every game. He used um, that one technical, so then he can do whatever he wants to do. Steph's pretty good. Like Steph's been a pretty good version of himself, especially I believe the last two games he's played really well. Like he's. His ability to get to the rim is as good as it's ever been. He easily gets to the rim. Mm-hmm. He's usually either uncontested or one-on-one, obviously, because he's such a threat. He's been playing uh, great these conference finals. I mean, the playoffs, he was shooting a little bit inconsistent from three, but conference finals-wise, he does what he always does in the conference finals. Yeah, I believe he's shooting like 48 or 49% from three in the conference finals now. So he's yeah. playing great. Everyone else looks playing pretty good. Death. Wiggins has looked really good, obviously. He had that great dunk on Doncic, which felt racist when it happened. Um, man, Wiggins is like, there's so many moments, and this has obviously been his thing his whole career, but there's so many moments where he can just look like a fucking superstar. And then, you know, and then he's just Andrew Wiggins the rest of the time. Like, you know, it's really, it really is a lot like when they had Harrison Barnes. Like, they're they are the same exact player to a T, almost, like, Obviously, Wiggins has got more athleticism. I think Wiggins is a better version of Harrison Barnes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a better, he's a yeah. more athletic player, so he's a little, he's a better defender, and I, I think he's a little bit more, cons- he's more consistent of an offensive player. I can't, I can't say that, and that's exactly why I think they're the same players because they both, they're both able to make an impact offensively, and then there's moments where you have no idea they're on the floor. Wiggins sometimes more than Barnes, but I mean, well, I mean I'm, the last thing I think of Harrison Barnes and the Warriors is him going over in like back-to-back games in the finals. Where if he makes a couple shots, they win in five. Which Wiggins has that potential. He has that. He has that potential. And he hasn't uh, they, really shown it. I mean, he's been playing well all pretty much all season. I mean, he just has but, moments where he hasn't fit in with like Clay and everybody else. But he's been. But pretty, Barnes hadn't shown that either up until that point. Barnes. Barnes is actually a pretty good playoff performer for them, especially early in Steph's career. There was a lot of times that Barnes was taking big shots for them in the fourth quarter. But more so my comparison was they were both highly touted prospects out of college. Uh, I think both number one prospects out of college. Both had kind of disappointing college careers, like good enough to where you could justify taking them high, obviously, like they still remain. And then, you know, probably each had less than what everyone expected as an NBA career. But both have ironically landed on the Warriors and were both key parts of them. So it's it's kind of interesting the parallels between them. But um yeah, no, this is a weird series. Uh Wiggins has done a great job on Luca, speaking of Wiggins. Um but then again he's Luca and for whatever reason this league is just way too easy for him. He's second all time in playoff scoring 
which is a small sample size, but he's still second all-time in playoff scoring right now, which is funny to think. Um, I do think I would not be surprised if the Mavericks won tonight, even if it is in Golden State. Um, I think Luka goes crazy. Okay, so if, if the you, Mavericks get some shooting tonight, it's going to be tough. It's do you think tough. they could come back from being down 3-0? I did not say all that. No, 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 no. I'm asking a question. I'm asking, like, I'm just and asking. I said I, and I'm saying I, I, I don't know. I did not say all that because I have no clue what team would be able to come back from 3-0. That's something we've never seen in the NBA. But I will say they've got a great chance of winning tonight. A better chance I would give most teams down 3-1, okay. come back from 3-0. I think they have a great chance to win tonight. All right. but, I was only asking because if they win tonight, that means they go back to Dallas for game six. And I don't know if you would feel they're the favorites in that game, being at home. And I, would then, see, I would have to see how the night goes. I was going to say, and then the uh, game seven to game seven, regardless of whether it's in Golden State or not. That's a long ways away, but I do think, I think tonight would be a close game. Similar to like how Memphis was. They blew, you know, they had that 55-point win against Golden State. And then I believe the next game was the closeout game, correct? It was. Yeah, they were and, up, and they were up in the fourth quarter halfway through it, and the Warriors went on a run at the end of the game. Right. They played well with the Warriors that game. So I, I can see – I don't see a blowout. I see a close game. I see the Warriors bringing it tonight, but I see, see the Mavericks also bringing it. I see them going three crazy. I see Luka going crazy. And, uh, you know, whatever happens after that, we'll see. But I think it's going to be a good game. I hope it is. It's this is again. This is one of the more weirder playoffs I've encountered, and that includes the bubble playoffs. Like, There's been more blowouts in this playoffs than I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's not. It's entertaining, but it's not. It's not the greatest playoffs I've ever seen. It's not the worst playoffs I've ever seen either. It's just a really bizarre one. I mean, hopefully it pays off in the NBA Finals and maybe even late in the series. Uh, I thought I thought for sure last night was going to be like like a classic game. Like, and it started off that way, too. It was pretty nip and tuck. It was only 1917 after the first quarter. But, you know, you blinked, and it went from a one-point game in the fourth quarter to a you know, 15-point game. So, who knows? I, you know, I'm going to say right now, I'll roll with the Mavericks tonight. I think it'll be a game six. And uh, I'm not sure from there. What's your prediction for tonight? I think the Warriors close it out in a very close game. I think it comes down to, I think Steph will make a few plays down the stretch. Obviously, it comes down to way more than just Steph. But I think that closing, Steph will be able to close out the game. And it'll be kind of, Luke is going to have probably a 35 plus point night. Um, it may, it'll come down to Luke at the end. We'll probably have like 18 in the fourth. Like, I'm not predicting exactly but like something along those lines where he just goes off in the fourth quarter trying to put his team on his back but the Warriors make too many plays and Steph makes a few plays down the stretch to edge out a win by like six eight maybe because of free throws at the end yeah I need a good classic game from the series Mm -hmm. Uh, game two was the best one but like other than that it hasn't been great like great great games they've been good but I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, just from the playoffs in general, like I said, two, game two was a good game. That was a really good game. You even had the Draymond drama where, again, he was, like, trying his ass off to get ejected. Um, that was a good game. Bucks Celtics game one was a really good game. Game six. 
game two. Yeah, game six was great. Uh, shit. Brooklyn, Boston, had? game three was pretty good. Yeah, Brooklyn, Boston, game one was probably the best one of the playoffs so far. I could be wrong about Either that. Either that or I'd say um yeah, no, the Heat really haven't had that many crazy games. Uh, the Toronto-Philly game three, I think, the Embiid game winner was an over double overtime. That was a solid game, too. Yeah, they had some They had some good games. They had some good games. I think the best one, top to bottom, that I've watched was that, that first Boston-Brooklyn game, which for whatever reason felt like a game seven. Mm-hmm. Had me thinking that was going to be a long series, which it wasn't. That but. one and... One of the Nuggets Warriors game, I can't remember. I think it was game four in Denver or game two. One of the two, one of those two games was actually really good as well. Jokic played well throughout the entire game. Steph and Draymond made some plays at the end of the game. So those are those are pretty good games. Other than that, there really hasn't been many. It's definitely been weird. It's, it's definitely been, been weird. it's been really odd. Uh, let me ask you. Let's get. We'll go away from basketball because we've pretty much covered both series, really. Um, how do you feel? Because it's been this album's been out, I think, like a week and a half now. May thirteenth, so thirteen days. Can't yeah, so two weeks now. How do you feel about Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar's new album? I've been interested to hear your opinion. Haven't really seen you. You haven't. You haven't really said anything or asked about it, or I haven't heard. I've heard many people connected to you talk about it either you know it's been a little bit since we've talked so i need to i'm, I'm real interested on in your opinion on this how how um how in depth do you want this because what's I, up how in depth do you want my because uh, i could go very well, in depth or i could keep it or because i know you have to leave soon so i just wanted to know let me let me let me here i'll do this because let me say this you'll, you'll probably be pretty disappointed in this i took a you know it's been what Five years, right? Since Kendrick yep. last dropped six years, six over, years, right? Over five. Damn, since damn, right? Over five. Uh it dropped that night, May thirteenth, mm-hmm. midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I work Friday mornings, but I usually whatever albums, if I'm like really looking for an album to come out, I'll usually listen to it right at midnight, like skim through it, like you know, thirty seconds of each track, so I know what I'm getting into, and then I'll listen to it on the way to work the next morning, right? Yeah. Uh, so I did that. I skimmed through, heard some things that I liked, heard some things that I wasn't really sure about, which, you know, happens with Kendrick. Kendrick usually has some out there tracks or maybe some beats that I don't care for, mm-hmm. whichever. He's going to do his thing on a track regardless, right? So I listened to that. Don't listen to it the next morning going into work. Didn't listen to it the next morning going into work. And uh, kind of continuously out throughout the next week, didn't really listen to it either. Like I just didn't have the, I didn't have the vibe to listen to it, to lyricism. I guess you know what I mean. I just was like, I I heard what I'd heard a little bit of. I was like, man, I don't really know if I feel like sitting down and listening to this this album right now. Okay. And I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. I think I gave it more snippets. Like would catch a song here and there, liked it or liked what I heard, like which was here and there. Like if it came up on shuffle. And then finally, last night, I was like, you know what? I got some time. I'm going to be talking to Keen tomorrow. Let me just put it on the background, see what I think of it. Um, and this is obviously a very, very, uh, won't be a very detailed review because I wasn't listening in depth. I was listening to see like what caught my ear, this and that. Uh, off the top, it's a, definitely a good album. 
I don't know if it's great because again, I didn't listen to that indefinitely. I'm going to listen to it on my way to work again. Actually, now actually for the first time, I should say I'm going to listen to it on my way. Um, it's good. Can't tell if it's great yet. Kendrick obviously does great work. I expect it to be great. I don't know. Some of the beats weren't from my ear, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but just off the first listen, I'm not going to make any grand, you know, projections. But I would say. Just off the first listen, I like Bam better. I like his last album better, which is what I was looking to compare it to mostly rather than his whole catalog. Just because Damn was such a switch up from the rest of his catalog as far as beat selection and stuff like that. Um, you know, to move in now five years later to a new album, I was really interested to see what sound he chose, what features he chose. He's got a lot of Kodak on there, which nobody was expecting, obviously. Um you know, he's got some good R&B choices on there. I like that joint with Blast. Blast has got a great R&B album, by the way. That's probably my favorite R&B album of the year is Blast's album so far. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick did his thing. I can't wait to listen to more of it. I definitely have some tracks on there that I'm really fucking with. Uh, you know, it's, you know, off the top of my, like, just off the top. And this is nothing. This means absolutely nothing. This is just me listening to it. It was like a 7 out of 10. And that's... Again, background listening to it, not listening to it intently, doing other things, trying to hear what catches my ear. And a lot caught my ear, I'll say that. But, you know, did it catch my ear like the first time I heard Damn? Or the first time I heard Good Kid, Mad City, et cetera, et cetera? No. But let me keep it just with Damn since that was his last one. No, I like Damn better. But now I want to hear what you have to say about Kendrick's album. I'm going to give you five minutes. I'll put five minutes on the clock because okay. I really got to go. Oh, that's fine. Um, so... I did a little, my own little thing. I did a uh, kind of a preview to the album. Because uh, if you go like, listen to the Heart Part 3, Heart Part 4, and Heart Part 5, they are preludes to what the album sounds like. If you listen mm-hmm. to Heart Part 4, it sounds like, damn, obviously even the fear of beat, or the beat of fear is on the Heart Part 4 for a little snippet. Mm-hmm. Heart Part 3 came out right before Good Kid Mad City. You listen to that, it sounds just like Good Kid Mad City, even the topics he's kind of touching upon. So when the Heart Part 5 came out, I was like, okay, Kendrick is going to have a conscious sound on this, and he's going to be more like To Pimp a Butterfly, which is my favorite Kendrick album of all time. I tried. I told you a couple weeks ago that I didn't want to have um, expectations coming into this, but that made me have expectations. I was expecting it to be Kendrick really hungry and then Kendrick also having more of a conscious, just purely rap feel to it. I think that's what I expected as well. So I, I, so I came into it with expectations and I kind of tried to do like an album action review things to it. I like, so I sat down and I legitimately listened for, from front to back of it the next day. Cause I had to work, so I got home at three thirty and I listened to it front to back. And there are definitely songs I liked off top, like N ninety five. I liked off top. Uh, Die Hard, that is the one with Blast. Um, mm-hmm. There was We Cry Together. I like we oh, see We Cry Together. The first time I heard it, just turned me off. It was like the um, I can't. I can't think of the musical term that there's an actual musical term augmented, not augmented, there's augmented, but there is an actual term for it 
that like it instantly turned my ear off just because of how like brash and in your face it was. And that's not how I like to listen to my music. So going through the album the first time, I ended up rating it like a 6.5 out of 10 because I was listening to everything and I was like, this is not what I was expecting because I ended up getting myself to have expectations. This like there's so much there's good stuff on here. Obviously, you're never going to have a Kendrick project that doesn't have anything good on it. So I was like, there's still good stuff here. There are still things that I enjoy. So then but I was a little disappointed because there was at points it wasn't as boisterous i guess as damn was like songs like element or dna or like they were literally like he was rapping as if he was the best in the game like i am the best in the like rapper in the game kind of like how jay cole's been just coming out rapping like he's the best rapper in the game and then i I, I, what sorry i just i think i really agree with the point i thought we were gonna get more like like so the reason i like Which one did I say? Excuse me. We cry together. Like I really like the beat was hard in that. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. the second half. The second half is definitely, you know, a little weird or whatever. But uh, you know, not. I don't know if that's really. I don't know. It's weird for Kendrick content, which is kind of what I like about this album. Is he's trying to really be in your face. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like he's trying to attack cancel culture. Like from what I heard. Again, I wasn't listening intently, but it looks like he was trying to attack cancel culture a little bit with some of the content he has in this album right but the b i really like so i'm really thinking kendrick's gonna like unload the clip on the rap game kind of thing and that's that's what we didn't get out of which is what i thought we were gonna get on this album see i ended up getting in that same thing because after dan like kind of coming off a damn it was almost the same thing and he had a five-year wait i knew we were gonna get some conscious stuff i knew we were gonna get and i fell out of the expectations yeah i should have really kind of dove more into the heart part five and figured it was going to be in that line but the vulner kendrick shows many many vulnerabilities here my favorite song on the track is mother i on the album is mother i sober which is in the same exact line as how much of the dollar how much does the dollar cost same line as sing about me he has one of those songs on every single and um fear has one of those songs on every single album that just is a beautiful piece of work but when I listen to this thing again for the second and third times, and then I play tracks throughout now, I sat back and listened to it more as a music, as him, just as a musical musical artist and the artistry of it, rather than trying to look at him as a purely a rapper. When I think that was my problem the first time I went into it, and now that I have done that, I love this album. Like it, it has really, really grown on me this album but it did take me that first listen and then plus a little bit of that second listen to really like have this come out you you get elements of damn with songs like um n95 uh rich spirit uh savior's another one you get to pimper butterfly on it you get a little bit of good kid mad city on it like you get a little bit of all his projects on this and i really really like it i would i don't have a ranking as of right now but i really like the album how many times would you say you listened through all the way? Through all, through front to back three times. And then I've listened to other tracks more than that. Right. So, like, I've yeah. listened, like, N95, I've listened to multiple more than that. I've listened to Mother I Sober more than that. I've listened to uh, Die Hard more than that. United in Grief, World by Step. Like, I've listened to some of them more than that. 
but I've listened to the entire thing three times. I can't wait to dive into it. Um, I kind of wish because I don't know when like some stars are coming out with albums. I usually go back and like listen to some of my favorites out of their catalog or I'll listen through, you know, full albums of theirs. And I did not do that with Kendrick. I did not do that with Kendrick. Kind of wish I did. I, I will say I have been going back to them over the course of maybe the past year. I've gone back to it a couple of times. That, that album's aged really well. I, you know, I think Dam's almost underrated in Kendrick's catalog, which is a great catalog, obviously. But uh, I don't know. Dam's aging really well. That's all I can say. I can't give you a ranking of Dam. Did not expect to uh, be talking about Dam as much, but like, I can't. Like, that's Dam came up a lot in my mind when I was listening to this album. Like, oh shit! Like this that album. I, I just kept coming away with how underrated, how great Dam was. But, uh, I think it's right. because it's Dam was the first non-album that was socially conscious. I mean, obviously, there's Kendrick's always talking about things, but like it yeah, wasn't I mean, a socially conscious album. album, and that was the first one since 2012. Yeah, I, I think I think all of his albums are socially conscious. I mean, he's a socially conscious rapper. Well, no, uh, I, but I, mean, I more so meant like when you listen to "To Pimp a Butterfly." You are it's listening in, purely for you're not not purely, but you're listening and there's a concept that is right there. It's kind of I wouldn't say preachy, but there's definitely that kind of message that's like coming out in it. And it's beautiful and it's a my it's my favorite album of all time, so I love it. But like Damn is a more mainstream sound, it's more of a digestible sound. This is why to Pimper Butterfly, I don't believe has aged the same way that Damn does, because songs like Love, songs like Loyalty, DNA, Element uh, fear, like all those songs can just, they can grow with you and you can play them in many settings. To Pimp a Butterfly, there's a few, like All Right, The Black of the Berry, depending on who you are. Um, I, I, but I like, mean, real quick, I, yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I kind of disagree with that about them. I don't think it has, aside from DNA, I was, DNA, Humble, and love, right? I would say those three are ones you can play in any setting. I think Other loyalty, that, you could loyalty too. But I think in general, especially like with loyalty too, I think they're it's more of a dark sounding album. You know what I mean? I think it's more of a mood album. You know, like I don't think it's definitely the most digestible, probably since Good Kid, Mad City. But you know, I don't, I don't. I don't view it as something like, oh, shit, we're going to put, let's get the Kendrick on. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like those are the three, maybe loyalty to, depending on the setting. But definitely those three, love, uh, humble, and DNA, like those you can play anywhere at certain settings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you can't really do that with most Kendrick music. Weirdly, you can do that with All Right, <laughs> even though that's a conscious song. Yeah. Um, no, All Right was, but, and then that and I. I mean, and not I the, think, the studio version, not the oh, album yeah, yeah. version. I too, yeah. I never, I never really got into that song, but you know, I think, I think the way Kendrick was rapping on that album, I think the beat selection he chose, like even just like the ones he was just kind of ripping on, like not, not so much like DNA and Humble, which sound like club records, even though they got the conscious tip on them, as only Kendrick could do. Uh, you know, I don't know, like that's a really just top to bottom great album, Kendrick, and uh, you know, I, I feel like he. That's the beat selection I thought he was going to go through 
a little more on here. The more like the like uh, I don't know, just more of that boom bap kind of sound. He had a little bit of that on damn, like not a lot, but you know, there was more drums for sure on damn. Where this is a lot of, like you said, a lot of artsy, a lot of a lot of instruments on this album, which is great. Like that's Kendrick's bag, but you know, it wasn't. I think I was expecting elements of that. No, not so much. You know, heavily featured instruments, heavily featured skits, long monologues. There's, like I said, there's a lot of Kodak. There's a lot on this album to that disc. There's a mm-hmm. lot on this album. But in the midst of all that, definitely some amazing rapping that Kendrick's going to give you. Some great production, period. Neptune's got a great beat on there. Excuse me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go through. I'm going to. I'll give this a really good, honest listen, and I'll come back to you with a better review. But I was really interested to hear what you had to say about it being a, you know, the Kendrick fan that you are, and knowing that this was such a, you know, just a, a anticipated album as well as, you know, like I said, a, a highly digestible album here. Like there's just so much to digest. But yes. I don't know. Thank you for your uh, for your explanation. Like it gives it gives me a lot to look forward to now as i listen because yeah i'm gonna listen in depth here as i go to work here in about five minutes so no no problem i could have gotten way more in depth too because i have a lot on this album but i mean now there will be more but yeah no i'm i really like this album and it's an album i think if you really like to pimp a butterfly you will really like this if you really like damn you'll like this in my opinion okay so I think you'll like it. I'm not sure you will love it, love it, because there are a lot of elements to Tempo Butterfly, which I know you didn't really get into like that. So, but and there are definitely yeah, songs you'll like for sure. There's a lot I like from Tempo Butterfly, but yeah, that's not one, not one I dove into like his other albums. Mm-hmm. So for sure, that's fair. Um, I would say real quick, I mentioned Blast album. That's my favorite R&B album so far of the year, and Pusha T, which is very on brand for me. That's that's my favorite album of the year so far for for rap that for is rap on, that is on brand um, <laughs> well i mean he delivered in every way shape or form oh like, yeah not trying to make it sound like it was bad i'm just saying that it's really on brand no, for you <laughs> i'm just saying that literally i think i mentioned it on here it it sounds like dave told a part two like there was no beat wasted every beat was immaculate and you know push did his thing as push does push is never going to give you a whack bar much like kendrick kendrick's never going to give you a whack bar and uh you add you add Kanye slash Pharrell beats to that, that's what you're going to get. You're mm-hmm. just going to get amazing music out of it. Amazing rhymes, amazing music. Uh, love Future's album. Loving Future's album a lot more than I thought I would because, you know, Future kind of keeps the same sound, but it's all, like, amazing music. He'll give you top-tier music every time, but this is probably my favorite album of his in, I don't know, a few years. Granted, Man, I, you know, I got to stop. I got to stop because I, I could literally keep talking and I actually got to go. I was going to get into this whole thing about Future's discography. I'm not going to do that. We can talk music another time. Uh, Keem, what do you got going on Memorial Day weekend? I didn't even realize it was Memorial Day weekend. Um, nothing. I work all day Saturday and I work on Sunday. Uh, so not a whole lot. <laughs> I didn't even know. Sounds like fun. I'm not really sure of my plans yet either, but I'm going to try to get something. But I got to go. It's a beautiful day here, Keenan. Enjoy your day. We'll talk talk after these series end because there's possibility these end by Saturday. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'll talk to you. Maybe I'll talk to you Monday. Maybe I'll talk to you Sunday. We'll we'll figure out a schedule. All right. Yeah, sounds good. You have a good one.